It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah, You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Here she is, the first shot. Cheers of joy and relief across the world. It's been such a tough year for so many people. Ben. The big news about the vaccine, it starts giving you immunity just 10 days after the shot. Plus. Come outside. Outside. COVID-19 whistleblower raid. Police, come down now. Why cops say they stormed this COVID-19 whistleblower's home with guns drawn. He's just putting a gun children. And exclusive. After her train wreck testimony. If I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Her first TV interview. What she's saying about all those spoofs. I have been threatened. My kids have been threatened. Are you hurt by some of the things that people are saying about you? Then, Billionaire's Island. Wait till you hear who just bought this plot of land for $30 million. Then, he found it. The medical school student who says he solved the buried treasure mystery. And best tips for picking the right Christmas tree. You want to make sure they're good, stiff branches. Plus, Beauty Queen Bridge. All fall down. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. It is the moment the whole world has been waiting for. The United Kingdom today began administering the Pfizer vaccine, and this 90-year-old grandmother was first in line to be vaccinated against COVID-19 outside a medical trial. Her message is an important one. If she can do it, so can you. Amber Cagliano has more. This is the shot in the arm seen around the world. A British woman celebrating her 91st birthday becomes the first person in the world to receive the Pfizer vaccine. The moment moved Britain's Minister of Health to tears on live TV. It's been such a tough year for so many people and, you know, we can get on with our lives. We're learning more about the Pfizer vaccine, and it truly seems like a magic bullet. The FDA has found that immunity to COVID-19 begins just 10 days after the shot, and it's 55% effective. The second booster shot taken 28 days later boosts that to 95% effective. This vaccine gets a score of A and perhaps even A+. I certainly know my colleagues and I are enthusiastic about not only receiving it ourselves, but making sure that our patients receive it. An estimated 50% of people will experience some degrees of discomfort. Some will experience sore muscles, fatigue, and in some cases, fever. In the case of Kristen Choi, a nurse who took the vaccine in clinical trials, it was extreme. The morning after the vaccine, I had a fever of 104.9 degrees. Uh, That is a really high fever, higher than I can ever remember having. 
but fortunately, um, I knew to take Tylenol and it came down shortly after. President Trump hosted a vaccine summit at the White House today and signed an executive order putting the U.S. at the head of the line for future supplies of vaccine. Notably absent from the White House meeting were any executives from Pfizer, which is based here in New York. Executives from Moderna, makers of another promising vaccine, also declined to attend the summit. The official reason is to avoid a conflict of interest until the vaccine is approved. But there's been bad blood between the White House and the two companies for months. And check this out. It's a spectacular Christmas mega church service in James River, Missouri, attended by 3,400 people. The local health department calls it irresponsible and insulting. How's this for the spirit of Christmas amid the pandemic? I'm talking! I don't give a it's a bitter confrontation right by the famed Rockefeller Center Christmas tree in New York. Big crowds were gathering to see the tree. A lone cop was trying to get them to wear masks. Christmas spirit. She's faced a barrage of mockery ever since presenting unfounded voter fraud claims in front of Michigan officials. Melissa Carone was even lampooned on Saturday Night Live. So how does she feel about all the jokes? She spoke with our Stephen Fabian in this exclusive interview. It has been a wild week for President Trump's star witness, Melissa Carone. From her train wreck testimony. Do you even know the answer to that? No, I guess it's, I'm trying to get to the bottom zero, of this here. Zero, there's zero. To so. being spoofed on SNL. I personally saw hundreds, if not thousands, of dead people vote. Now the 33-year-old IT worker is speaking exclusively with Inside Edition. What did you think of the portrayal of yourself on SNL? I loved it. I loved it. I think she did a great job. Um, I think it was very funny. She looked just like me. There's a lot of people who are saying some not so nice things about you, speculating that you may have been drinking at the hearing. I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Okay. Did you? I wasn't drunk. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would swear under oath that I wasn't drunk. Are you hurt by some of the things that people are saying about you? Absolutely not. No, I'm not hurt. Um, that's my personality. Now there is growing concern that last week's election hearing in Michigan may turn into a super spreader event after Rudy Giuliani was hospitalized with COVID-19. It was just reported that Giuliani's colleague, lawyer Jenna Ellis, has informed associates she tested positive for the coronavirus. Melissa Carone sat right next to Giuliani and Ellis. None of them wore masks. Are you concerned now, and are you going to get a test? I'm not concerned at all, no. Carone says she has no intention of going into quarantine, defying a county health department mandate announced yesterday that anyone who did not wear a face covering during the proceedings must quarantine. Carone is also shedding light on her criminal history. In 2018, she was charged with obscenity for allegedly emailing sexually explicit videos to her fiancé's ex-wife, Jessica Stackpole. There were three different video clips. Um, they're approximately three to seven minutes long. Carone pled guilty to a lesser charge, which was dismissed earlier this year after she completed probation. Did Rudy Giuliani and his team know about this whole sex tape allegation uh, before bringing you onto the stand? I don't know that to be a factor. I don't know. They never said anything. There's zero. 
Caron says she's been facing a backlash since the hearing. She has had to delete, she says, her social media accounts. A data scientist who helped build Florida's COVID-19 dashboard later lost her job, fired, she says, because she refused to manipulate data. Now her home's been raided by state police who showed up with guns drawn. Police, come down now. It's a terrifying police raid on a whistleblower's house. Outside. Who else is in the house, ma'am? My two children and my husband. Where's your husband at? Calm down. Calm down. You want the children down? Calm them all down. Rebecca Jones, a scientist who says she was fired by the state of Florida for refusing to downplay COVID-19 data, says she couldn't believe cops with weapons drawn came bursting into her home. Mr. Jones, come down the stairs now. I heard you freaking out about your kids being in there and what they do. I understand why you'd be worried about it. This is just a very thinly veiled attempt of the governor to intimidate scientists and get back at me while trying to get to my sources. This is what happens to scientists who do their job honestly, she posted. This is what happens to people who speak truth to power. State agents seized her computer and cell phone. The raid stems from an investigation into Jones allegedly hacking into the state's emergency alert system. Agents knocked and called Ms. Jones, both announcing the search warrant and encouraging her to cooperate. Ms. Jones refused to come to the door for 20 minutes and hung up on agents. Jones has previously locked horns with Governor Ron DeSantis, a key ally of President Trump's, who has said she was fired for being a disruptive employee. Last May, DeSantis pointed out that Jones faced revenge porn charges. She's being charged with uh, cyber stalking and cyber sexual harassment. Jones denies hacking into the state's emergency alert system. She also denies refusing to answer the door and says she did not hang up on agents. She has pled not guilty to cyberstalking. Word is Jared and Ivanka Trump won't be going back to New York after January 20th. Published reports say the couple has just plunked down $30 million for land on a Florida island known as the Billionaire's Bunker. This billionaire's island may soon be home base for Ivanka Trump and her family. The first daughter and husband, Jared Kushner, have just bought this waterfront lot for $30 million. And that's without a house. You'd be hard-pressed to find a more exclusive address. Indian Creek Island in Miami's Biscayne Bay is the most expensive neighborhood in America. It's connected to Miami by just one heavily guarded bridge. Their neighbors include supermodels Ariana Lima and Al McPherson. And it's just an hour drive from Mar-a-Lago. Back in Washington, First Lady Melania launched a Toys for Tots drive today. God bless you all. There's backlash after she unveiled her latest White House renovation project, a new tennis pavilion. Millions of Americans are sick with COVID or out of work, but hey... Look at the beautiful new tennis pavilion. One headline called her Melania Antoinette. In a statement, the first lady statemented, it is my hope that this private space will function as both a place of leisure and gathering for future first families. That's the closest we're going to get to a concession. She's admitting there will be future first families. The first lady fired back today, tweeting, I encourage everyone who chooses to be negative and question my work at the White House to take time and contribute something good and productive in their own communities. 
And hey, that's no way to behave in the Oval Office. These bored kids got a little fidgety in the president's inner sanctum yesterday as Trump bestowed the Medal of Freedom on their grandpa, wrestling great Dan Gable. One little guy rolled about on the floor while this kid goofed around at the Resolute desk. The president didn't seem to notice. And other news today, we now know who beat out hundreds of thousands of people trying to find a treasure buried by an eccentric millionaire who left clues behind in a book. Who found it? And how did he find that treasure when others died trying? Here's Les Trent. Now we know who found that famous million-dollar hidden treasure chest. He's a 32-year-old medical student from Michigan named Jack Stoof. This is him after delivering the chest to Forrest Finn, the antique stealer who buried the chest in 2010 and created an international hunt that drew 350,000 treasure hunters and lasted 10 years and cost the lives of five adventurers. He retrieved the chest on Saturday, June 6, 2020 in Wyoming and began the long drive down to Santa Fe to deliver it to Fenn that same day, according to a story in Outside Magazine written by journalist Daniel Barbarisi. It took him two years from the time when he figured out the general location uh, to actually come up with the treasure chest itself. Fenn announced in June that the chest had been discovered but would only say that the finder was someone from back east. The sketchy info led to complaints that he had made the whole thing up. But with the medical student coming forward, we now know he was apparently telling the truth all along. Yes, there are things we don't know about this and probably things we will never know about this now that Fenn has passed on. Mr. Schiff says after, after displaying the treasure, he is going to sell it. And America lost one of its true icons, Chuck Yeager. The first pilot to break the sound barrier has died at the age of 97. His extraordinary accomplishments were depicted in the book and later the movie, The Right Stuff. The pilot, Captain Chuck Yeager, the first human to crack the sound barrier. Chuck Yeager's monumental feat was immortalized in the 1983 film, The Right Stuff. I'm still going upstairs like a bat out of hell. In 1947, Yeager broke the sound barrier and became an American hero. In the film, Jaeger was played by actor Sam Shepard, who captured Jaeger's heroism, as well as his love for his wife, glamorous Glynis. The film also captures Jaeger's near-fatal flight in 1963, after he reached the fringes of outer space and was forced to eject in a fiery crash. Is that a man? He emerged from the crash bloodied but unbound. Yeah, you're damn right, dude. You can say that again. Chuck Yeager once said, rules are made for people who aren't willing to make up their own. Next, best tips for picking the right Christmas tree. You want to make sure they're good, stiff branches. Plus, Beauty Queen Bridge, all fall down. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Beauty pageants are not for the faint of heart. Look at what happened at the Miss Thailand competition. 30 contestants were posing on a suspension bridge, and then the tables collapsed, and the ladies went into the pond. Fortunately, no one was hurt, and no, this did not happen during the swimsuit competition. Now the nurse, known for her comforting bedside manner, helping seriously ill COVID patients connect with their socially distanced loved ones. Then her own father got sick, and she was the one who needed help to say goodbye. Here's Megan Alexander. 
It's the photo that's touching everyone. Two nurses comforting a man dying of COVID-19. But there is an untold story behind the photo that is both heartbreaking and inspiring. That patient is the father of an ICU nurse, Lindsay Fairchild. She's been at the bedside of many stricken COVID-19 patients at her hospital in Daytona Beach, Florida, holding their hands for comfort in their final moments. When she found out that her 69-year-old dad didn't have long to live, she flew to Ohio to say farewell. I brought all of my PPE with me, uh, my, my goggles, my N100 mask, everything I would need to go into the room as if um, I were the nurse caring for that patient. But when she got to the hospital in Ohio, Lindsay was told to her dismay that due to coronavirus protocol, she would not be permitted to enter her father's hospital room. I just made the assumption that because I take care of COVID patients every single day, that the rules would be bent for me, you know, to go in to be able to sit at my father's bedside as he took his last breaths. So Lindsay watched through a window and watched as two nurses comforted her dad in the last hours of his life. After we shut off life support, um, they sat at my father's bedside for over three hours and they did not leave him at all. They never left the room. They held his hand. They rubbed his hair. They let him know that he was not alone in there. What did you feel in those last moments outside the room? It's heartbreaking to have to stand outside the door and watch your own parent die from something that you've been fighting on the front lines for so many months. Lindsay says being on the other side of the window has changed her perspective, and she is forever grateful to the angels who were at her father's side and eased his path to the other side. It was a really special thing. And, and as far as I'm concerned, those two nurses, Lauren and Ashley, are true heroes. They are heroes. And we thank all of the healthcare workers for what they do. When we come back, how to pick the perfect Christmas tree this year. Want to pick the perfect Christmas tree? We've got tips. It's a Christmas tree craze. Despite the pandemic, Christmas tree sales are surging this year. But with so many options, how can you tell what to buy? People were locked in their houses, yeah. so they wanted to decorate their houses. To find out, we sent Inside Edition reporter Allison Hall Christmas tree shopping with the experts at Hicks Nurseries in Westbury, New York. These are the two classic traditional Christmas yep. trees. How on earth do we tell these apart? That's a great question. This is the classic balsam, great green, dark green color. Balsams are soft and full with dark green needles and cost about $10 a foot. When you get it into the house and get it into room temperature, great aromatic odor to the whole house. It smells amazing. Yeah, it's great. And what do we have here? All right, this is our Frasier. Frasiers tend to be stiffer branches, so they hold up that array of heavy ornaments that you have. We all know when you're looking for a tree to feel the branches and see if any pine needles come off. Right. Are there any other tips to make sure that you're getting the right fresh tree? Look in the inside. Take a look. Look for any dried branches. Good for look for strong branches. Another great tip is to pick the tree up. See how heavy it is. If it's really light, might be starting to dry out already. Walk away from that tree and look for another one. So you found the perfect tree. How do you keep it fresh? First thing I, I coach people on is location. Where you want it might not be the best place for a tree. The most common mistake, placing your tree in front of a window. The sun will dry it out. 
I had an aunt that used to put it on top of her air duct and wonder why the tree lasted two days. She practically cooked it every year. Another trick, use an anti-desiccant, which sprays a protective waxy coating to reduce water loss. Spray it on the tree before you bring it in the house. It seals moisture in the plant needles, so that way it stays moist longer. So if you're looking to beat the pandemic blues, first pick the right tree and then give it lots of love. And when we come back, dog's best friend. Finally today, what friends are for. It's a seeing eye dog for a dog. This pup is helping his blind buddy down the stairs. Proving that even dogs sometimes need a little help from their best friend. And on that sweet note, we thank you for watching. That's Inside Edition. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.